Mattie Brennan's plan to save the Flying W Ranch began forming even before she charged out of her lawyer's office. It exploded into full bloom in the instant her nose collided with Dave Couric's collarbone. A lot was jammed into that instant, since a particular corner of her mind also registered that the hands she'd instinctively put up to brace herself had discovered that Dave had an even nicer chest than she'd remembered. Off to a fire, Maddie. Running into Dave had to be an omen, she thought, as she recovered her equilibrium, straightened away from his chest, and rubbed her nose. When Taylor Ann Larson had delivered her dire legal news, on top of the financial mess Mattie had barely absorbed, Mattie had experienced one throat-closing, stomach-grinding moment when she had feared there might not be any way out. Taylor had suggested selling some of the ranch, as if Mattie would ever do that. She was the last of the Brennans, and she would not be the one who shredded the Flying W into splinters and flakes. It wasn't the lawyer's fault for not understanding about the Flying W. She'd been raised in some suburb in Ohio. Of course, even some people right here in Knighton, Wyoming, didn't share Mattie's feeling. There was only one person she knew for a certainty would understand, and that was Dave. As soon as that thought had surfaced, she'd veered away from it like a rattlesnake in the middle of the room. I truly am sorry about the grant, Mattie, Taylor had said, and I'm afraid there are more papers to sign for the estate now, too. If great-uncle Henry had had a grain of sense, the Flying W wouldn't be encumbered with exorbitant inheritance taxes, not to mention the banknote coming due in two years. Instead, his optimism had blinded him to any need for caution or estate planning. As Mattie prepared to leave the lawyer's office after her signing duties, Taylor had held out a sheaf of papers. These are the grant regulations. Maybe you'll see something that will help for next year, if... if... Mattie Brennan still owned the Flying W. The thought her attorney refrained from voicing dropped a sour lump into Mattie's stomach as she flipped through the papers while crossing the empty reception area toward the outside door. She had to find a way out. Any way out. Whatever it took. That's when she saw it. The one loophole that might let her save the Flying W. She needed just one thing. The next moment, she'd flung open the door and started across the board sidewalk that lined the string of pseudo-frontier town offices, only to run nose to chest into David Edward Couric. Exactly the person she needed. Definitely an omen. She shrugged off the hands he'd cupped around her shoulders to steady her. Fire? No, there's no fire. I was... I was going to go look for you, she improvised. Me? His deep voice edged toward uncharacteristic astonishment. Usually, his western drawl stayed unhurried, unfazed, and with a hint of dry amusement. He had the kind of deep, faintly raspy tone that often came from a few decades spent smoking too many cigarettes and drinking too much whiskey but she'd been around when his voice had shifted from a childish soprano to this sexy register, and she knew it was all nature's doing. Sometimes Mother Nature didn't play fair.
Yes, I have something to talk to you about. Now, that's nice to hear, Maddie. Seems like you've spent these past weeks avoiding talking to me. His voice was back to normal, and that irked her. I have not. If I recall, the phrase you used when I called to ask you to dinner a few weeks back was, don't call me again unless it's to tell me you're dead. The logic was a shade hazy, but I got your drift. No dinner dates.